Welcome to the Making Jobs Podcast, where we talk about car repair, business ownership, and everything in between. I'm your host, Matt Hernandez, founder and owner of Matt's Mobile Mechanics. And I'm your co-host, Tyler Schultz, with Witness Security. So without further ado, let's get the show on the road. Welcome back, job makers. All you fine folks out there. That's not quiet. Do you sound quiet? I don't oh, know. I think our headphones were quiet. Um, so we are back. There are things afoot. I've got two of them. Do you know banks are a lot of banks are closing today? Yeah, across the nation. I think mostly in like like a, on strike or no, they're closing up for because uh, of the concern for civil unrest because of the. Um, the verdict is going to be released today for the officer that was involved in the George, Derek George Chauvin. Floyd. Yeah, Derek Chauvin. <clears throat> and well, I mean, it. How is Banks going to play into that? Um, I don't know if it's necessarily Banks specifically that, like, I think it's just that they're they saw kind of what happened in the past. With, uh, you know, summer protests and stuff. I know it's mostly, I know a lot of West Coast locations, <clears throat> like hmm. Bank of America, has closed. Um, I don't know why everything seems loud. Okay, never mind. Well, we'll see here in a few hours. If uh, <laughs> I don't know. Like across the street from my office, yeah, and that's a Bank of America. I don't know if uh, locations here have... Um, have necessarily closed um, or are going to. But I know the Bank of America, and they're not the only one. So there's a, you put on a tinfoil hat for a moment, and you could even say that maybe it's not about, they're not concerned about the civil unrest for a verdict. But back in 2008, a whole lot of banks also boarded up their doors and shut down for a couple of days. And the reason they did so is because a lot of banks were not allowing anyone to withdraw money because of the market crash, and they weren't liquid enough. So, I mean, because hmm. I, I don't see why why it is that banks are all this that all these that these banks are like, hmm, we're going to close up doors for a day or so because of potential for civil unrest, or if there's some sort of impending, you know. Gloom and doom on the market. Game stuff. It sounds like game stuff's about to happen then. It could. It could. Um, I know that. Uh, I know that there are some some interesting data out there showing that there's a lot of uh, uh, that there's a whole lot of debt in the uh, in the realm of margin. I saw a fancy chart and there were lines that went up in the direction. And someone said, "Wow, that's a lot of that's a lot of potential for a margin call happening soon." I haven't even looked at Superstock in a bit. Mm. Got a little dramatic yesterday for a hot minute. Um, Rensol did his normal uh, daily morning post. Mm-hmm. And so in his post, <coughs> he basically was kind of tempering expectations and said, you know, maybe a million isn't the floor, this, that, and the other. And so, like, you know, just just in case it isn't, still have, you know, a good plan for your exit strategy or whatever. And a lot of people, you know, started getting 
pissy about it. And then he threw a hissy fit, I think, and it was annoying because he, he posted and said, well, I'm not going to do this anymore. I do this for free, and you guys are complaining and stuff, so I'm just going to I'm just gonna not you know, do my daily uh, morning post, which he did do a synopsis this morning. So, and, and there was like a little bit where there was like a lot of drama, and I was like, goodness gracious, people, are we going to do this again? Again? I'm like, I just got settled in here on this subreddit. Don't make me have to find another place. <laughs> <clears throat> but it seems like it's completely blown over because, uh, well, I think part of it was, um, so, you know, Wall Street Bets, they shut down their GME mega, mega thread. And then they were also directing people over to um, Super Stonk. Hmm. So a lot, there was a lot of people who weren't there that got moved there. And the people on the Wall Street bets that stayed there tend to be a slightly more aggressive and also kind of dicks in general. So, um, <clears throat> so there's a little bit of drama, um, a little bit. In fact, there's uh, there's some rumors out there floating around of whether this is true or not that a lot of people from Superstonk were going over to... Uh, um, so when they closed down the GME Megathread, they were saying that a lot of people from Superstonk went over and ruined their daily discussion and just flooded their uh, daily discussion with nothing but GameStop posts. And, <clears throat> and so some people were like... Some people were sore about it and came over to Super Stonk and were like, you guys ruined our thread, so we're going to ruin yours, and <laughs> yada, yada, yada. I don't know, it's it kind of dumb. But either way, um, my strategy remains the same, you know, holding by. Um, which actually, I need to buy at least one more. Why? As I got to thinking about it, so I, I, transferred, um, <clears throat> I transferred my shares to Fidelity, from Robin Hood and it's like I, I don't really have a huge concern that they're going to prevent selling per se like I don't think they're going to have some sort of like I feel like that's a dumb it, thing for yeah, them to do it wouldn't be in their best interest even, to do even in the last time they didn't prevent <laughs> selling they prevented buying mm-hmm. so the, and the, with the people that FOMO'd they're Oh no! I, I want to get in on this before I, I miss out on my opportunity yeah. to make a hundred bucks. Okay. Yeah. Well, well, Citadel and all them came in and said no. If you don't prevent, do that. if you prevent selling, all it's going to do is make the price rise up, and it would be in their best interest if they are in league with, you know, Citadel, to allow selling. You know, especially seeing Citadel uh, is the one that's shorted this whole yeah. GameStop. Yeah, so they would be, in, they would want them, they would want you to be able to sell. My concern is not with them preventing selling. My concern is a little bit with um, one, their liquidity, because so you can look at it two ways with Robinhood. You can either look at it and say there was some shady business going on, or their excuses that they've given are true. Either way, it's not good for Robinhood because if the excuses given that they were that were true that was true with the buying pre, uh, preventing buying, that means that that they don't have enough liquidity. They couldn't raise enough capital for the collateral to uh, to meet the clearinghouse's requirements, right? So, if that's the case, then are they also going to have the money to be able to cover you know? A payout, uh, you know, t a, a massive exodus of positions because a lot of people, once this squeezes, are going to be, you know, selling their positions. And now Robinhood has to fulfill those orders. And 
the way that they do their margin accounts, they technically don't have to actually purchase a share. And so this is how they do it too. This is one of the ways that they make money. When they buy, when you buy a share on margin, and it's not a cash account with Robinhood, what they do is they don't necessarily have to purchase that share from you. In fact, they're banking on you selling at a loss because if you sell at a loss, then they don't have to then buy the share to cover that position at the price of, say you buy a stock at $10, you know, you buy a stock, but you know, it shows up in your portfolios though, but that physical share is not really there at $10. Right. And then you go to sell at $8, then they have to deliver that share. So now they're buying at eight. They just made $2, right? So I would venture to guess that they would hedge their, you know, positions, right? I would venture to guess that they would cover these positions when, like, say someone has bought shares at $40 a share, and they start seeing it climb up 50 60 or whatever. They're going to fill those positions so that way, so that way they're not having to buy, you know, buy back, you know, buy the share to cover it when it's up $160 or $100,000 or whatever, right? But I'm not 100% confident in their ability to use, you know, logical, rational, capable, you know, thinking because they, they've, they've had some hiccups, let's just to say the least. Now, granted, you could say that it's, they've seen a massive influx of users. So uh, from a technologies company perspective, there, all, there are going to be some issues, technically speaking. And so, yes, th- it's possible that there's no, there's no shady stuff going on and it's all technical issues. It's, it's all between, you know, issues with liquidity, with the clearinghouses that you know, raise the collateral requirements to, you know, $7 billion and they just didn't have that type of cash on hand. And then they had to do some back and forth, you know, negotiations to be able to get it down to like $1.9 billion that they could, you know, cover for a post for collateral, yada, yada, yada. Okay. That still means that they have a liquidity issue, okay? And then you have the scenario with Dogecoin, right, where they were having server issues, he says with air quotes. Now, there are two ways of looking at this. Similarly, with the prevention of buying of the GameStop shares, you could make a conspiratorial, you know, uh, theory out of it and say, well, it's because they wanted the stock to plummet. Well, Robinhood owns like 30-something percent of Dogecoin. That's a huge holding. In Do- so it would be beneficial to them to see the price go up. And how do you make the price go up? You don't allow people to sell it. And you've got the market pretty well cornered on it, too, because honestly, the easiest way to buy Dogecoin is through, is through Robinhood. <coughs> and that's also the most commonly known way. So most people, that's how they're buying it. But if they're preventing you from selling uh, or, or buying, um, which a lot of people seem to have more trouble selling it than they did buying it. And their claim was they had server issues because they had so many people, you know, on their crypto servers that it, they'd never had seen that much traffic before. Okay. So, again, you could say, well, there's a conspiracy that, you know, hedge funds, especially those who have taken massive short positions on stocks like GameStop and AMC, that they are pumping up cryptocurrencies to raise capital. Um, You could, it's not even a huge leap to make that assumption. It's speculation, but it's pretty, you know, pretty reasonable to believe that that's probably going on. We know that Robinhood's like, I mean, one of their biggest customers is Citadel. So, 
um, it would be beneficial for Robin Hood to play nice with Citadel. And then on top of that, Robin Hood has a lot of holdings in Dogecoin as well. So it, it looks, you know, it's really good for their bottom line to see was, it run up like that. I was thinking it had to be, be something like that for the sole purpose I keep seeing. You know how in um, in, in a specific, uh, like GameStop, so mm-hmm. you, you scroll down just a little bit uh, past the, the um, I, I guess you could say the ticker, but the the deal that goes up and down all day long. Uh, and you see the money, you see that, you scroll down a little further and you see the news articles, okay? Um, I've seen no less in the last yeah. three, four days, especially when they started really pumping Doge. Mm-hmm. I started seeing it constantly, Doge, in my GameStop thread. Yeah. Well, and you'll see, you'll see articles like, if you had invested $1,000 in these cryptocurrencies yeah. six, you know, four, five years ago... Going, why? Hmm. Made why is to think games, about. Or why is Doge uh, hopping into my GameStop as an article that should be yeah. relevant to GameStop? It's not. Yeah. And so my thought was something fishy's going on here. But yeah. hey, I'll take a ride on on Doge here and there. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, because uh, I'll make some money on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got another account that. That is all for my cryptos. Yeah. Uh, I didn't realize that, that that was what I was doing whenever I set that account up. <laughs> but um, it's it's that Anchor USD account that yeah. whenever I put the cash into it, it only does crypto. Uh, the 7.83% interest is only on the crypto side. I didn't know that when I set that up. I, that uh, was a total accident. Mm-hmm. Been great. I'm just at about $1,000. From my four hundred and fifty that I put in, mm-hmm. so that that's a good yeah. uptick. Well, so Robinhood has um, holdings in Doge. They have they have like about thirty something percent. That's a lot of all the Doge coins. Like they have, that's a big position to have. So obviously, it would greatly benefit them to see it go from six cents to forty five cents oh, a sure. coin. That's uh, that's by the way. Did you know that somebody made a uh, Funko Pop? You know what a Funko Pop is? A little Mm-mm. weird doll. Rachel's got a bunch of them. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I've, I've but they made one for, for Keith, Keith Gill. Gill. No way. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how they did it on... Uh, um, did the language on it, being the fact that it actually has the F word in it. Huh. But uh, if they're going to be selling that, I don't know how they're doing that. But, yeah, they, uh, they definitely uh, did. So... Um, so you could look at it from a conspiracy point and say, well, they, they were, they were, they were doing that on purpose, or you could look at it from their excuse. They had server issues. Either way, I don't want to be involved in that when things, when we start seeing things that happen in the market that have never happened before, like a short squeeze to, you know, to Andromeda uh, on a stock. Right. So So, who does, uh. Who does Keith Gill use? Um, Does he he say? I don't know. I actually don't know. But I do... um, I mean, I guess we could look. He's posted pictures of his positions, but it's not... It doesn't doesn't look like Robin Hood, and I'm like 90% certain he doesn't have it in Robin Hood. When I've watched his videos and stuff, it looks like uh, he... In the background, it looks kind of like Yahoo Finance. 
Well, that would be, I mean, that's probably just the, um, the live data that he's, that he's using. Cause a lot of people will. So for instance, I'm, I'm, you know, though my, though like half of my portfolio, actually technically more than half of my portfolio is now in Fidelity. I'm still like, I'm not looking at Fidelity. It is an ugly app. It's user interface is not great. Hmm. Um, but so they're obviously not spending any money trying to no. make it a more yeah, user friendly. Yeah, I, I app. think they've made updates in the past, and I think with they with they're gonna there's a possibility that they'll launch forward to look something similar to or be as good and user friendly as like Robinhood will, just because they've seen a big influx of newer younger investors. Whereas before in the past, Fidelity like the people that use them typically we're used to calling brokers to make orders, right? Right. Because it's mostly boomers and stuff. But you see, you saw there's a mass exodus of Robinhood amongst anyone. And you look at any of the subreddits and you'll see that everyone's saying transfer out of Robinhood. Go to TD Ameritrade, go to Fidelity, go to wherever. So I think that these uh, boomer brokers that are, by the way, have a ton of money, like their liquidity is not an issue with them. That's something that I wouldn't be concerned with uh, whenever it comes to um, a broker like Fidelity or TD Ameritrade or Schwab. Um, although I will point out that Schwab did have server issues at the same time that Robinhood was preventing buying on uh, um on their platform and everyone seemed to completely conveniently ignore that and say like, Oh, Charles Schwab wasn't, they weren't part of the whole problem. And I was like, eh, well, they did have server issues. <clears throat> Anyhow. So regardless if you look at it from a conspiracy standpoint or from their excuse for it, either way, it doesn't look good. Like, do you want to be stuck in a situation where you can't sell for thousand percent profit because everyone else is trying to sell and they can't handle the server load or you know you know so it's like uh i figured you know i'd hedge my bets and i'm you know got my got my money in fidelity and in robin hood but this is why i say i need to buy one more gamestop share and that is at least one more and that's because i need to buy one in robin hood and here's why because if there is some sort of uh you know screwball nonsense going on and if there is a class action lawsuit that gets launched and i you know just so happen to own a gamestop share at the same time that these uh the sh the shadiness occurred then i get to be part of you know a potential settlement so <clears throat> so i'll probably pick one up in uh in gamestop at, or in, in robin hood at least hmm. um and then continue to purchase more if i do I'll do. And I'm basically, I'm going to see, wait till the dust settles. And I'm also not 100% certain that once they IPO, that it's going to go very well for Robinhood. It may or it may not. And to be honest with you, I like the platform better, far better. But it's probably not a good idea to have, you know, diversify my portfolio amongst more than one broker. Well, I mean, that's why, well, I'd say that's why I did that with Weeble. But... I did that with Weeble for the sole purpose. Uh, I can't. Remember, I can't remember why. I think it was during the whole thick of the deal with Robinhood the last yeah. time that I was like, I'll just put some money into <clears throat> Weeble and uh, just see how well that one plays out. Yeah. Problem is, Weeble was confusing. Yeah. It took me almost a month trying to figure that one out. 
and of just playing with it. And, I, and when I say that, I don't have a lot of time to play with it. So when I say play with it, here and there, uh, once a every other day or so, I'd yeah, I'd hop in there to try and figure something out as I was sitting in the passenger seat writing to a job. This is this is the way I would rate user interfaces amongst all of the brokerages. I would say that for a extremely new novice, never invested before investor, Cash App, like it is, it's the most straightforward. It's the simplest. There's no, there's no. Con- but I did like, I, and you were in Cash App long before. Yeah. Um, well, actually, I've only got thirteen dollars in Cash App. Um, I don't even think I have anything in there anymore. I I had somebody pay me. I think it was Ravi. Robbie Emmons oh. paid me thirteen bucks, and so rather than pulling it out, I just dropped it into Bitcoin and walked away from it. Um, oh, okay. And then, um, but with Robinhood, it just always seemed more intuitive. I think so. I think when when you're completely new to investing, Robinhood can be a bit much, a bit overwhelming. It's, so there's a little bit much going on with it, but. It's the perfect combination of complex enough to handle all of your brokerage needs, but simple user interface. I never found it complex at all. Well, the way, for instance, you were able to figure out Cash App where I was sitting there going. So the thing is about so with with Cash App, one of the things that it does that Robinhood does not do is that it will show you your. um, It'll basically show you your total portfolio um, uh, wins losses. Basically, so when you see when you have several stocks or whatever, <clears throat> it'll show you how much you've invested. So, i.e., you've put in five hundred dollars, and then what your portfolio is worth six hundred dollars. You know, it'd show okay, there's one hundred percent gain over the cross your the entirety of your portfolio, um, which would be you know up twenty five percent or whatever, right? Sure, uh, or twenty percent. With Robinhood, it doesn't do that. Robinhood, you can see your individual stock performances, what your um, what your total returns are on each individual stock. But it doesn't show. It should show a total. Like it, honestly, like that's one major nitpick that I had of it, is that you'd have to realistically, if you want to say, okay, how much have I invested total across my entire portfolio, and how much am I gaining slash losing? You have to do math. You get out a calculator because mm-hmm. you could look at it, and, you know, hit total returns and then see a lot of these negatives and be like, man, I'm not doing it. But then you actually total it up. And you're like, oh, hey, look at that. I'm actually up, you know, 200 bucks or 300 bucks or whatever because you have one stock that's performing really well where you have like some small losses on everything else or whatever. <clears throat> so that's where it's kind of um, a little bit annoying. But then also it's like a little bit more complex. Um, but it also allows the ability to do more. Now, I have been told that Cash App does allow you to place limit orders. Um, I don't know if that's true or not. Um, I think my I think my brother said that. I haven't used it since um, since then. Let's. Uh, I guess I could take a quick look. I don't even remember where my Cash App is at in my phone. Where on earth is my Cash App? <laughs> you can search for it. Ah, I guess I could. Um, <clears throat> huh. That is that is bizarre. Maybe I don't have it on my phone anymore. Oh, no, I still have it there somewhere. Um, okay, so... Um, let's see. 
we're following. Let's see. Let's just uh, Walmart hit the buy button. Okay, yes, they've changed it to where you can do um, custom purchase order. Well, that's kind of dumb though. The way that they've got it is that like it's a slider bar. Like you're not inputting a number. Look at this. That's where you would set like your how you'd set your limit order. Hmm. That's oh hey look there's a button up here that I can. There's a yeah okay there there you can you can you can actually input the share price. Um, it's just not it doesn't default to that. So they can do it now. So there there is capable, but there 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 is less. Um, they have less tickers available in Cash App. There's basically if it's on the market, it's going to be found and available in Robinhood. But then again, if you have like a real broker like Fidelity or TD Ameritrade or Charles Schwab or what have you, <clears throat> you're going to have every stock available to you but a lot of these traditional brokers don't really do anything with cryptocurrency either so i mean this would be my 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 you know progression is like someone's just getting started into it doesn't really have a whole lot of you know info onto it either Robinhood or cash app would be you know a good as far as the interface goes a good way to start but I would say that if you start with Cash App, you're probably going to quickly progress to want to go to Robinhood to have more um, options available to you. Like, you can't trade options. <clears throat> you can't buy options contracts with Cash App, but you can with Robinhood. So it, as you start getting more advanced, then yeah, Robinhood kind of makes sense. The only downside is, though, is with Cash App, you can't transfer anything out of. You can't transfer your, your positions out of Cash App. Um, you can't transfer anything into Robinhood either, but you can transfer Robinhood out. So I would say if you want to start somewhere, start with Robinhood, because then you might find yourself in a spot where you've got, you want to transfer your positions and you move to another broker, you can do that. You just can't move into Robinhood and you can't move anything out of Cash App as of, you know, right this moment. Um, but then again, also, you know, this is not financial advice in the least bit. And I don't, I mean, you know, my sentiment on Robinhood is I don't, I clearly don't 100% trust it because I've transferred, you know, most of my portfolio out of Robinhood. But I'm still kind of on the fence. I like to see how things play out with the GameStop saga with them, uh, what, how it will conclude if there is any, you know, screwiness and then also if they somehow manage to do okay during the uh, IPO situation so what do you I can't I can't see that far away uh, let me let me take a look see I think I know what page you're on here um, by the way what he's talking about is I'm trying to set up my fidelity account <laughs> so I I just used um, so I just used the fidelity interest bearing option you can you can always open up a different account later. I don't plan on doing any government trading. Well, so the the government money market fund um, invests your cash that's in there into mutual funds, um, and then the treasury money. They're both they're both mutual fund investment. So if you have like ten dollars in there, it's not just staying in there; it's bearing interest because it's invested into mutual funds. Um, but um, I certainly don't trust the Treasury bond market right now. Um, so <laughs> something to do with government in general. Yeah. So uh, which, in order to make the transfer, they'll route you to the uh, full website because the uh, the um, mobile version. Something with we're from the government. And we're here to help. <clears throat> yeah. 
So speaking of conspiracies and stuff, uh, talking about pumping up cryptocurrencies and whatnot, um, I find it quite interesting that we had two big banks that needed to raise a bunch of capital. And why did they think that they need to become liquid all of a sudden? Um, so you have, um, did, you, did you hear about this? J.P. Morgan Mm-mm. offered a bond sale that broke records. Like, never has there been a bond sale this large in the entirety of the history of the U.S. stock market. And J.P. Morgan sold $13 billion worth of bonds. And then Bank of America said, hold my beer, watch this, and promptly sold $15 billion, breaking that record almost, like, right away. Wow. Now, both of these banks showed good uh, quarterly earnings reports. They were. They have been profitable. They have. So, did they have something to do with GameStop? <clears throat> well, um, these uh, both of these banks uh, happen to not only um, sell and lend treasury bonds, but they also are you know lenders of shares. So, if a hedge fund were to go borrow a share to short, they'd have to go to places like J.P. Morgan hmm. or Bank of America. Uh-oh. Or somewhere else. Now, let me get my tinfoil hat <clears throat> tightened up here. So, some new rules have been are being placed into place that are requiring um, basically um, they're 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 making borrowers a little bit more um, accountable with how much collateral they have to have on hand to prevent margin calling, right? <coughs> so. If you've shorted a share and, you know, you've borrowed a share or you've lent out a share, you need to have that collateral backup so that way if there's a failure to deliver, you can cover that. Now, it used to be it was kind of leveraged in a sense that it would allow you to take on far more debt than you had liquid cash. Well, if you've got a whole bunch of shares lent out, a whole bunch of treasury bonds lent out, a whole bunch of all of this going on on either end of that transaction, and you've got this new rule that comes into place, you may be pretty liquid. You may have a couple of billion dollars laying around or several billion dollars laying around, but suddenly you need to raise more money? It leads me to believe that something's about to uh, kind of potentially pop. Not to mention there were hedge funds that were accused... Of and investigations being launched of uh, hedge funds uh, and banks of the likes that are hiding money in cryptocurrency, basically kind of sort of money laundering through cryptocurrency. This occurs right at the same moment that all of these, everything starts, <clears throat> um, has been pumped up. The moment that it was announced that there was these cryptocurrencies investigation going on, Suddenly, there was a $3 billion sell-off in Bitcoin. Don't know if you noticed, but, you know, it went from $60,000 a coin down to, like, 52000 in seconds, like, at overnight, basically. I guess I really did walk away from my uh, $13 in that Bitcoin. <clears throat> yeah, you probably did. <laughs> I guess you did. Because <laughs> it saw a huge... So, it saw a huge sell-off. Now, why did it see the sell-off? Well, because uh, they got... You know, there's two reasons. You could be needing to hide the evidence... And you need to get that money out of there so it doesn't appear as though you're hiding that money or laundering said money or washing that money, however you want to look at it. And two, it could also present the ability to raise capital so that way you can become a little bit more liquid whenever margin comes a-calling. So um, 
that's and also there happened to be the same time that all of this is happening so you know earlier in the week uh last week that's when it was whenever jp morgan i think it was on wednesday or thursday jp morgan and bank of america had these massive bond sales um saturday the new sec um the new head of the sec is uh, director is placed into is sworn into office new rules have been announced and then saturday night cryptocurrencies go Except for Doge, Doge, curiously enough. Actually, it did take it took a dive, Um, not the same type of dive that Bitcoin did. But I think that's just because um, they likely had more positions in Bitcoin, it being a whole lot more profitable and a whole lot bigger. And they, you know, there's a three billion dollar sell off in Bitcoin, like instantaneously. That was not a whole bunch of retail investors saying, you know what, I think I'll just sell some of these. No, it was a three billion dollar sell off. And then a bunch of people piling on going, oh my goodness, Bitcoin's falling out of the sky. Well, this all happens and somebody notices that Citadel's lights are on Saturday night, late Saturday night. Like actual lights? Their lights in their building are on. So some people start to doing a little investigating. Well, maybe it's, you know, some people respond, well, maybe it's the cleaning crew, you know, and there's some memes um, showing like subreddit freaking out because all of the lights are on in Citadel. And then it has this, uh, you know, the, the next uh, thing is like a, a picture of someone's face, like whoopsie. And it's like the cleaning lady who forgot to turn all the lights off. Or something <laughs> like that. Um, anyhow. So then they're like, well, it can't, you know, maybe it's cleaning crew or whatever. And then it, they continue to stay on late into the night. And so then somebody gets, uh, you know, smart about it and realizes that Google tracks, you know, cell phone locations, right? This is how you can go to a, uh, you know, you can pull up a business and it can tell you their busiest times of the day and how busy they currently are. And somebody found that Citadel had the same amount of traffic as it does during a normal working day. Oh, wow. And then they even saw by like 2, 3 a.m. or whatever, they were seeing increased like they're seeing higher higher volume of traffic from people in the building than under a normal like Monday or Tuesday normal weekday workday and this is wow. all occurring at the same time that bitcoin sees a massive sell off um, so again like this tinfoil hat on kind of tight so i don't know how you know how accurate all of this is but a lot of these dots seem to really seem to connect to me at least, I mean, take take with uh, you know take 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 that into consideration, you know, or or you know take it with a grain of salt for sure. Um, <clears throat> think of it what you will, basically. But I mean, it's pretty interesting. I mean, I think it is interesting. Um, there'd be a couple reasons why they need a massive sell-off of cryptocurrencies. Uh, could be because they're not wanting to get caught with their hand in the cookie jar washing money through cryptocurrencies. Could be that they um, needed to raise a whole bunch of liquidity so that way they could meet margin requirements before the uh, before the trading week began. Could be a lot of things. Either way, it all stinks of something. Stinks of a lot of things. Hmm. <clears throat> Interesting week, basically, has gone on. Um, and then we saw the 420 uh, market just, like, not do well at like the whole market yeah matt texted me yesterday and he says he he goes uh you might want to get into some snDL and because remember today's weed day and i'm going 
I don't know. Last year, it didn't do jack squat for me, so. And I was sold on that idea. Tilray, I was, I was balls deep in Tilray and what well, the other ones were. There was some whisperings of people talking about, you know, oh, things are going to take off or whatever. And I wanted to be ahead of, uh, like, I knew if it was anything, <clears throat> it would be a pump and dump. It wouldn't be. Oh, yeah. But I, I wanted, the thing is about a pump and dump is it happens so quick that you need to be ahead of it. And so I decided that I'd take a little bit of toy money, basically, because I had like $5 in my brokerage you stole account. stole it from your kid's toy money. <clears throat> no. So You're I had like five, jerk. I had $5 in my brokerage account that I put into Dogecoin just because I was like, well, what, what's $5 going to get me? Not much of anything else. Like even penny stocks, they're trading for around a dollar. It'll give me five shares. But at the time, Dogecoin trading for six cents, so that popped me 82. So I was like, hey, I'll throw that in there. And then it turned into 30-something dollars. So I was like, hey, look at this, completely free money. Um, and so I figured I'd toss that into there. And then now, now I'm not making money off of it, which is fun. But whatever. Did you lose any of that money, though? I mean, technically, no. Because I mean the the toy money. I mean not not the toy money, but the uh, money you made on Doge. No, technically not because um, I turned five dollars and nineteen cents into thirty one dollars and some odd uh, change. And so far, um, with my position in Sundial, I've lost eight dollars. So technically, I'm still up. <clears throat> technically speaking, but. Um, Oh, new guy. It's like, who's that? Um, so anyhow, um, that that there's there's been a lot of this going on um, over the week. Uh, this is uh, just kind of a recap. I didn't want to necessarily spend the entire day talking about or the entire morning talking about. Seven thirty. Uh, so. Yeah. So yeah, there's not a. I mean, there's not, we don't have a whole lot of time left anyway. So. Um, we'll come back and uh, talk here in a minute about something else. I just haven't quite decided, but we do need a break for a word from our sponsors. So, see you folks in a second. Yeah, Robinhood Securities LLC. Yeah. I mean, that's what it offered, yeah, we're back. We're back. Cool. I mean, I figure you can, you can continue working on your, your, you know, Tyler's over here multitasking. He's. This is the only time I got. Transferring brokerages kind of stuff. and stuff, you know, high high society type stuff. <clears throat> um, yeah, this is the only time I got time to do this kind of stuff. So I broke, an, I broke a rib last week. What'd you do that for? That sounds like a dumb idea. I didn't do it on purpose. Um, so I was out, I was out for, you know, my morning chores, right? And went out to uh, give the pigs in the back pasture some sweet feed. And then I'm walking their fence line and the twins were out there with me. And, um, no, my, my, my twin daughter and son. (laughs) So they're out there and I told them, I said, don't get too far ahead of me because see, especially when, when the pigs are kind of hyper, like they're, they're kind of, they're like puppies really. Cause they're not that old. You know, they're only about, um, they're only about seven months old or so at this point, I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Seven or eight months old. Right. So they act kind of like puppies, but the thing is, is they're 200 pound puppies. Right. <laughs> and they want to play and whatnot. And the twins aren't big. You know, they're only like 40 pounds a piece. So they're, the pigs are generally gentle, but sometimes they can be a little excitable. Right. I told them not to get too far ahead of me because I, I don't want, like, I want to be close enough to where 
if you know the, the pigs get a little riled up or whatever and start trying to play around I can snatch them up pick up the kids or whatever and get them out of the way of the chaos that's happening below well they didn't listen and they kind of took off and started running and playing and that got the pigs excited <clears throat> and uh, one of the pigs knocked over my daughter and was trying to the play more, with her. most important of the two. Yes, because she's my only daughter. You exactly. Know, I have three boys. You got three boys. You They're can... expendable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so, you know, I, I see a pig has knocked her over and is playing with her, whatever. But you know, when they play, they can be kind of rough. And uh, and then 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 there's two more pigs near her. There's four pigs back behind me. And they hear the, you know, yelling and screaming and they want to get in on the action. So I take off running. Well, there's a pig beside me that ran in front of me and I tripped over him. And he's my biggest one. He's like, you know, he's, he's easily a 200 pound pig. I fell over him and landed like right in my like kind of armpit area, right on top of this solid 200 pounds of pork. And it knocked him over. And so then I get up and, you know, I run over there and I'm covered in mud at this point now too. And, um, I shoo the pig off of her, pick her up and she's fine. Uh, fortunately, because like it could have got like if a whole bunch of pigs got around and started like putting like real weight on her and stuff, then, you know, so they're, they're banned from going out to the pigs with me until, um, till future notice till they get out till cause they, they, they weren't, they, they weren't listening. If they were nearby me, it wouldn't have been a problem. <clears throat> and the pigs aren't all that dangerous if you know you know, kind of how to handle them. And if they do get riled up or whatever, you know, um, when you're that small, that can be problematic. So I, you know, I can just pick them up and hoist, you know, just toss them out of the, toss the kids out of the pen or something like that. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so, and it was mildly annoying too, because this pig was like the, the pig that I tripped over Wilbur, he was actually, uh, afraid of me for a little while. Like he, cause he didn't know what the heck was going on all this. Cause you know, you know, yeah, I got tripped and you know, I, pile drived into a 200 pound pig but this pig is also you know just run into play or whatever and gets freaking tackled by a 240 pound man so he's like <laughs> so he's in a you know he's in a state of confusion too he's like what did i do <laughs> i had to i had to reassure him that i wasn't gonna tackle him anytime i got near him and it like, <laughs> took a little took a, like a good 15 minutes to get him back on my side so then i realized that i could hurt and i thought maybe i just got bruised after but, the adrenaline <clears throat> yeah and I was like, man, this hurts. And then I realized that, uh, I was like, at first, first couple of days, I thought, man, I just must have bruised pretty bad. Um, but the type of pain, like it's not in my muscles, it's deep, deep in there. And, uh, and it's still staying. Fortunately, it's up high enough on my rib cage to where that part of your chest doesn't really expand nearly as much as like the bottom ribs whenever you breathe. Because, mm -hmm. uh, that could have been like that could be very uncomfortable. Because the thing about broken ribs, you can't. There's nothing you can do about nothing it. Nothing doctors can do. About it. No, you can't do anything about it. So you just there's gotta, no cast or anything they can put on them. No, you probably don't want to have a like a chest cast that keeps everything from moving, because then you have a tough time breathing. I would, I would venture to guess. Imagine, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so that was an exciting adventure um, with the pigs this week. <clears throat> um, decided that uh it's probably you know best to not have 40 pound kids playing around 200 pound animals without being close enough to me to to be able to do something about 
I told I said, don't get ahead of me. And they went, they went off, didn't listen. They learned their lesson. She, she learned her lesson that then Riley is definitely not going <laughs> to mess around with the pigs anymore like that. And, uh, even if she does, when she is allowed to go back out there with me, I guarantee you she'll be attached at my hip. <clears throat> It'll actually almost be more annoying than, than otherwise. So, but yeah, did you get your transfer figured out? Not exactly. Okay. Um, Uh, an existing account. You just created an account. I feel like a um, financial financial advisor. advisor. This is I'm not a financial advisor. Do you have any cryptocurrencies at Robinhood? Nope. No. I'm gonna go ahead and say no to the full account transfer, um, even though it basically is. But it'll leave that account open at Robinhood. It'll just uh, it'll just take your. Um, uh, yeah, I definitely wanted to leave it open. <clears throat> yeah, it'll leave it open and it'll just, you know, pull your positions out. Game stop. Yeah, it's a. Uh, I'm hoping that this does what we think it's going to do. Especially now, you know, Keith has got 16 shares. Yeah. <laughs> he said, he mentioned that. I remember there's a point in time when he was like way behind us. He's got the thing is about the about once you get into it, man, you get into it, you know. Okay, so you'll want to go into your so Smith bought one, right? Yeah, bought two. Um, you want to go into your Robinhood account and uh, uh, download your uh, latest uh, statement, and then you can upload it there. It'll uh, increase the speed at which things transfer. So. Well, anyways, um, this makes for an awful lot of uh, great radio to hear us talk about uh, setting up his his transfer. So Very I think much so. I think it's about time to call it a day. Anyways, here in any minute now, we'll have like a horde of kids uh, running through the office. So uh, I know it was a short one this morning, but um, I got delayed. Um, my bad. It was you know it's supposed to be warm out because uh, it's springtime and it has been warm out. And this morning I knew it was going to be cold, but I'm not in winter weather mode. I completely forgot about the fact that when it gets this cold, your windshield freezes and it takes 15 minutes to warm up your truck and get your windshield defrosted. So that is my bad. I uh, showed up kind of late, so this is a shorter episode. But anyhow, until the next time, we will talk at y'all later.